Welcome. It is Saturday evening. Do you know where your children are? Um, My name is Scott. This is the Future Conflict channel. Uh, We are the Council on Future uh, Conflict. And uh, today is our Saturday show. Uh, You know, we we do uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we like to do a show on Saturday and you know sometimes our show on Saturday is a little different sometimes it's not today we got a little different we got to some uh, a, a new addition to the lineup um, you may know him as Trevor uh, in some of our uh, he's in the disc he's in the uh, Gilded and he's also been a member of our Fusion uh, OSINT group uh, helping us uh, put stuff together um, so I just wanted to go ahead and welcome Trevor welcome uh, it's good to have you here Hey, you're you're muted, buddy. I guess he's he's Trevor. You're muted. Let's see if I can unmute you from this end. I can't. It's muted from your end. There you go. Is it working now? It's working now. <laughs> Welcome. There we go. Yes, you know. Uh, You've had your boomer moment, so technical. That's I've never claimed to be fancier than that, so I'm a boomer at spirit, if not by actual age. Hey, welcome! It's good to have you on. You, you, you know, I'm sure a lot of uh, people who follow us on Twitter see you out there uh, hooking and jabbing with the best of us, and uh, you're also on the uh, Gilded server. Um, Why don't you uh, just tell the folks a little bit about yourself? So uh, I'm Trevor. I'm just a gun industry nerd that's been working within the small arms industry for the past, I guess, 18 or 19 years now. So I've worked at all different points within it, whether it's been machining, manufacturing, designing, uh, deploying, uh, working with armored stuff, up armored vehicles, uh, whatever. And then I've also gotten into a bunch of different consulting stuff over the years and sort of dabbled in, uh, a lot of things on the private side, interacting with, uh, a lot of the government stuff. A lot of, a lot of cool kind of, uh, projects. It sounds like in your past, uh, and, uh, you know, just, I can tell from your posts, you've definitely got a deep interest in, um, foreign affairs and, and geopolitics and that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's always good to keep a weather eye on uh, on the distant horizon. And, you know, that stuff may seem that's very what, far away from uh, us in the States, but. That's what the Duke of Wellington said was uh, the officer's job when he was uh, on campaign in Spain. He said, your job is to see over the next hill. That is what right. you are supposed to do. And so if uh, fearless leaders aren't necessarily doing it, and even if they are, it's always good to have other voices uh, try to work together to um, help. I think, as uh, Mike was saying earlier, with putting the pieces together and the dots together to weave a more cohesive pattern as opposed to something that's rather disjointed. So I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about the council is with everybody's different experience and stuff contributing in, it allows to weave a uh, clear picture on how a lot of things connect with everybody's different specialties. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's we've got a, a really unique cast of uh, characters that we've uh, put together. And um, another one of those cast of characters uh, that we're lucky to have with us is uh, Mike. How are you today, Mike? Very well, sir. Thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, I think one of the good things about the council is, uh, you know, yes, we try to illuminate uh, from our perspectives. We, we don't necessarily agree. And, and, you know, each of us has an opinion on a given thing and, you know, we respectfully listen and, you know, that sort of stuff, but uh, uh, lend our uh, thoughts to a specific thing and banter it about. And, uh, you know, and as, as well as the chat, you know, the folks in the chat oftentimes contribute quite a bit to a conversation with little tidbits they throw in. But to answer your question, things are going well. Thank you very much. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? Well, it back to me just when my internet came back. So, can, can you guys hear me right now? Yeah, we we can hear you. So, for those that don't hey, that, know, Joe, internet mate, never has another problem. You're you're still you're coming in pretty uh, uh, broken there, Joe. So for those who aren't for those of you who aren't aware, Joe had some internet issues in the last episode. Apparently, they started doing uh, work on the on the uh, the cell tower near him. Uh, replacing the 4G or whatever with 5G or something along those lines. And, well, he's still, uh, it, well, you know, that 5G will give you COVID there, they say, uh, on the on the interwebs there, Joe. So you better watch out. Um, that so or he, start wearing cargo shorts. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you better wear cargo shorts just in case to protect you from the 5G. Um, so... <laughs> Hey, I, yeah, and there he goes. Um, hey, I saw Safety Doc in the chat. Hey, you were a contributor on episode six. How would you like to come and be on day 66? Um, we're, we'd love to have you get you back in here, uh, you know, talk because you definitely have a, a unique perspective on the way uh, the information that we're kind of taking in with this war is, is occurring. So if, uh, if you're up for it, let me know in the chat and I'll send you a link. Um, okay, so um, we got a we got a thinner group than normal. Stan is supposed to join us um, shortly, um, and I never know exactly what shortly means sometimes. Um, and then also Watcher is supposed to jump on with us. Uh, he is uh, traveling with the family, and so uh, <clears throat> we uh, we are he he's supposed to jump in. They you know. Five to ten minutes, five to fifteen minutes late, and we're already eight twelve. So, oh, look, speak of the devil, he shall appear. Look at that. Uh, how's it going? Hey, how how was the drive? Long, long, long. How was the map segment? We haven't we haven't started yet. <laughs> we waited ah. for you. Yeah, well, you know, we Joe was having some uh, some connection issues, so we were kind of doing an extended uh, uh, kind of get to know you segment um you know we've got trevor here uh you know as you know watcher you've been interacting 
with him pretty frequently. Yeah, um, so I've never seen him in person before. Nice to meet you, Trevor. Good to meet you. So, are are you going to be able to drive today, Watcher? I don't I don't want to if you I don't want to pose any. Uh... No, no, no. I'm just getting everything pulled up right now. Okay. This uh this mobile battle station's pretty sweet, but I have to get everything pre-rigged. Are you doing like hotel internet? Negative. This is coming through my phone. Oh, okay. All right. Look at you. Yeah, Joe is still uh, struggling with that. Uh, all that internet uh, work they're doing uh, near his house. Uh, evidently, well, hey, viewers, he... that's definitely a, a note to say. Hey, maybe make sure that you have more than one uh, uh, particular service, because as I understand it, it's just T-Mobile that's getting hit, right? I yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Mm, I haven't. Maybe a pace plan. Mm. Yeah. All right. It didn't do nothing. It's trying to dox Joe. Look at you. Uh, let's see. Hello, Scott. As an executive board member, newly formed Ministry of Truth, I must inform you that you are not following our advice to distribute our disinformation. Please send me uh, said disinformation, and I will and a check for uh, $100, and I will gladly dis disseminate whatever information you have uh, for me to give to my uh, audience. <laughs> That's $100 per message to distribute. So if you have 10 messages, that would be 10 times $100. Well, and let's let's be let's let's make sure we clarify this. That's that's a 100 character limit. So if you want to go over that, it's going to be another $25 per character. Well, you know, I, I am a capitalist, so if uh, <laughs> if the government wants to uh, advertise on my channel, you know, as long as they pay the rate, you know, I'll I'll let them do it. I mean, they have nice toys. We can do trade too. I mean, barter. that's right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I you, you have to take delivery if uh, if that's the case. So that's always problematic. Oh, and I can and, take delivery. And, Stan, how are you? Good evening, guys. How are you? I'm looking forward to talking about that Angelina Jolie spotting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that Ron has come to her defense already, so. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, how are, how's it looking? Well, we'll see how it goes for the next five minutes. Well, I mean, you sound fine right now. Yeah, it usually happens when I reset the router for the first couple of minutes. Um, but who knows? When I drove past the tower, there is a maintenance guy there, so we'll see. All right, brother. We, we, I'm glad to have you uh, have you back on. Um, all right, so on to the map. Are you are you are you all functional there now? Uh? Just about. There's one more thing. Could you please link me the show notes in the private chat real quick? I don't have a yep. bookmark on this uh, on this setup. Yeah, I can do that. Are we being are we being cyber attacked? Is that what's going on? Are individual members being cyber attacked? Or <laughs> no, they well, uh, they claim that the, they're uh, they claim they're upgrading me to five G in my area. But what they did is downgrade me to 1994. Uh, <laughs> L, you know, whatever that network was. He's got DSL on his phone now. Nokia Net or something. <laughs> right? You need to leave Detroit. 
<laughs> I I don't know that the cell I'm not in Detroit. Like the preeminent that would be healthier. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. I am um, outside Detroit. Let's put it that way. Dude, you're in Michigan. There's no outside of Detroit. If you're in Michigan. <laughs> He does. You have Detroit and Greater Detroit. All right. Were you able to open that? Uh... Oh, yeah. I've got it open and ready to go. All right. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. How are things at the bottom of the well, Timmy? Oh, is it real bad? I've got a different <laughs> mic I can switch to. Hold on. <laughs> It sounds like you're on your uh, on your like the internal mic for the for the laptop. Actually, it's my Bluetooth uh, headset that I'm that I'm using, but I've got an actual blue here. Let me plug it in. Um, and and just to kind of uh, to hold us until you get that done, anti comedy for two dollars. I like this guy fucking on Michigan, Funkin' on Michigan. Well, it's all in, it's all in good. It's, it's all in good humor. That's right. The UP is the real Michigan. And that, of course, would come from nobody likes Wisconsin anyway. Oh, well, here's the thing. Yeah. I sent Anti Kami some artwork yesterday, and this is how he treats me. Oh no! Oh no! So must be a good friend then. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like you and, and all of the stuff you've done. <laughs> Catherine says you have Michigan has build back better Wi-Fi. All right. I think Michigan Detroit might have invented the build back better thing like a few decades ago. It started with Flint's water system. So our uh, hey hey hey, my son lives in Flint. His water's fine. Good. Our uh, our I'm glad uh, it really is good. Our contact is at the this, Ministry gentlemen? of Disinformation says today's approved message is Russia is bad. Okay. Okay. All right. How's this, by the way? Is that does sound better? It You're is fine. Yeah, You're we can fine. hear okay. you fine. All right. Uh, so let's jump into it. I don't want to keep Stan waiting. No, um, no. I, the map is the same as it's been since about day 50, so. <laughs> all right so Karkev, uh, uh go ahead stan nope no no that's i, I don't want to disrupt you <laughs> Kharkiv. all right so ukrainian forces have liberated another settlement near Kharkiv and are going are slowly gaining ground uh in the area uh the situation on the front lines didn't change significantly uh uh in the last 48 hours and shelling continues in the outskirts of uh Kharkiv and chuhiv um, Ukrainian forces have liberated Ruska Lozova uh, north of Kharkiv and uh, Mototove near Kutuzivka. Um, Ukrainian counterattacks in Kharkiv are unlikely to develop uh, into a major counteroffensive, though. In the, uh, in the coming days, uh, may force Russia to redeploy forces intended for the Izum axis and to hold their defensive position around the city. So once again, that kind of idea of fixing forces in place in one one area in order to shift them away from where they want to send them, uh, you know, in the case of uh, the Russians, you know, they, they want to be able to 
reinforce their offensive uh, south of Kharkiv, but uh, that, that may not be the case. Um, shifting over to Izum, uh, Russian forces have made limited advances west of Servodonetsk, and, uh, but remain stalled south of Iz uh, Iz Izum. Uh, the Ukrainian forces in eastern Ukraine are likely uh, successfully conducting a maneuver defense rather than a holding in static positions, uh, redeploying mechanized reserves to resist uh, attempted uh, Russian advances. Um, concentrated uh, artillery, uh, Russian artillery is enabling minor Russian advances, but Ukrainian positions remain fairly strong uh, in the defensive salient. Uh, limited Russian counterattacks around Kharkiv may uh, force additional Russian, uh, Russian forces to redeploy units uh, intended for the Izum access. Um, once again, the whole idea of of fixing forces in one place in order to reinforce in another. Um, so the fighting continues, uh, just kind of some of the cities around the, the Serbo-Donetsk salient, uh, Yampul, Rubizny, uh, and Popazno. You've heard these names before. Uh, the fighting continues in these areas with kind of uh, the, the lines moving back and forth. Um, Russian troops have reportedly set up additional pontoon bridges uh, in the uh, Silvereski uh, Donetsk River near Izum, so t that would uh, increase their kind of throughput uh, through that uh, gap to allow uh, greater amounts of forces to head south. Um, the Ukrainian 93rd Mechanized Brigade uh, conducted a rocket attack on a Russian command post near Izum. Uh, there's still unconfirmed reports um, that this attack has killed yet another Russian general, and there is a UAV uh, footage of this attack. So, uh, if you've got that link from the, uh, yeah, there we go. So, if you ever wonder what an artillery strike looks like, this is what an artillery strike looks like. I mean, it's not what you'd call precise. I mean, I'd call that, what, about a, if that was a circle, that would probably be a 400 meter diameter circle. Are you so, trying to give artillery a, a minute of angle? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, so if you if you kind of figure that first round is roughly in the center, um, you know, they kind of hit all around there. So, I mean, you, you know, mean what, the one the, round that actually hit something? Yes. Yeah, it, but oddly enough, that first round did seem almost right in the center. It hit the building. It and it hit the, and it hit the building, right? So yeah. they just got lucky on the first go. And it, it, one thing you'll notice, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, unlike uh, February twenty fourth and for the first couple of weeks, it's springtime in Ukraine. Oh yeah, see all that nice green stuff in the background. Um, yeah, one of the things about that green stuff is it sucks the moisture right out of the ground and, uh, and, you know, both firms up the, uh, the surface of the soil, but also, you know, sucks the moisture out and makes it less muddy. So what does that mean? It just means better conditions for maneuver. So, um, anyway, but there, yeah, this... there, to, be, to be honest, Scott, I've been away for a few days. I mean, there hasn't been much maneuver 
conflict battle going on, has there? I mean, it, I don't, I don't well, see. Well, there's, there, there's a bit, Stan. There's these these two pensions that they're trying to make around Servo Denex. There, there've been a lot of fighting yeah. here. This, this used to be just a smooth bowl before. Hmm. Yeah. So there's the the problem is is they haven't been able to mass their effects at any one location to order to get like a decisive uh, breakthrough. Um, and this is just probably. But I'll, I'll just point probably... out that that artillery strike that we just saw is more in keeping with Russian doctrine than anything we've yep. seen to date. Yeah, no, they've, uh, you know, we saw the other day when we showed that footage of the thermal barrack attack. Um, and then there's been just more general use of uh, massed artillery uh, fires uh, by the Russians. Um, the one thing they have plenty of is, is tube artillery rocket artillery and plenty of rounds and rockets to throw down range. Yeah. Um, and so that offsets a little bit on their seeming lack of infantry um, forces. Um, we talked about this on the last episode where, you know, essentially what Russia's got some real manpower issues uh, and the manpower they do have, um, you know, some of them aren't trained well enough to, or, or their conscripts or whatever, uh, so they're not prepared for this type of warfare. So uh, they're really having to kind of um, spread their trained manpower uh, a little thin. So, Scott, Scott on, on that on that score, I mean, are we are we getting any intel as to revised order of battle and unit composition? Because and, and the reason for my question is, I will I've thought all along that this was going to be a hold in place exercise until late June, early July. And I don't see anything that dissuades me from that. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we, we've talked about the fact that they aren't, you know, that they haven't been able to mass their effects so that they can't do be decisive. Um, that may be, that very well may be because they are planning something larger in the future. Um, you know, what, uh, there's a lot of um, kind of, there's a lot of talk about uh, what you know Putin's going to announce when they do this big you know May Day parade or whatever uh, on the ninth. You know the ninth of May has always been kind of a significant. It's Victory, it's victory Day, yeah. Right, and so he so th if he if he declares victory, then what does that mean? Does that mean a solidus like it's like they're going to keep and hold everything that they have on that day, or is that a a window into a broader conflict? Yeah, if, you want, um, if you want a prediction, I'll tell you what I think he's going to do. I, I don't think he's, as we said earlier in the week, I don't think there's any desire to try to achieve a milestone by the ninth. I don't think that's feasible, and I think they know that. So yeah. I think this is going to be the call. This is going to be Alexander Nevsky on state TV, watch the movie and all that stuff, and it's going to be the call to defend the Rodina. That's right. what's going to happen on May the 9th. Right. I, I, I think... I think uh, one of the ahead, one of the disadvantages that we have, it, you know, as far as a lack of information, is we see offensive action in 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 the, you know, a, a strike, you know, something blowing up. But what we're not really seeing is if there is indeed massing of maneuver forces in an assembly area that would then exploit some kind of breakout, you know, and they're just not ready for that yet. That that could be happen. I, I I wouldn't. And and Mike, you know what's interesting, and in that is in the build up to the launch of the missile, the twenty fourth, 
we saw every piece of ordnance, every vehicle, every everything moving into place, okay? All the OSINT stuff, all the guys riding around in Lada's with their camera phones, taking pictures of armored columns, all that stuff. We aren't seeing any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're you know, that was before shooting was going on. Yeah, I, I so, understand. Yeah, sure. But, uh, I mean, so who knows? You know, we, we yeah, uh, I think I forgot who said it in the chat. Could be a waste of ammo. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if, you know, these artillery strikes are punitive uh, and they're malicious just to kill people, um, keep people off balance, keep the Ukrainians off balance. I don't know. It, it would seem to be a waste that they should be probably preserving that for some kind of maneuver that gets them to an objective of some value. But unfortunately, we, don't, we, we really don't see that sort of thing until it starts occurring. So it'd be something to keep an eye on, eye on maybe. Yeah. So I, I think I think what we're likely to see is some sort of a greater call uh, and potentially a mobilization of the nation, uh, you, you know, I, I think what he what he may focus on is, hey, we were just, you know, trying to solve our problem with Ukraine, but the West has decided to make this a wider war against um, against us. Um, and, you know, they've got plenty of examples of how we're doing that. And we're going to be talking about some of those today. You know, for instance, you know, Ukrainian soldiers being trained by U.S. and Germany. Um, so if if Putin does that, that's a great leverage. That's a great leverage in order to create the uh, view of a wider war and thus a reason for uh, a larger mobilization of, of Russian industry and Russian people. Um, so that's what I would kind of be looking towards. I mean, because my assessment is, is that he really the Russians really do have a manpower deficit. Um, you know, we we talked about from the earliest days of this, you know, they just don't have enough infantry out there clearing for their mechanized forces. Um, and you don't have to, I'll be honest with you, you know, you don't have to have elite infantry like the the VDV that they were throwing away in that hostile attack, right? It doesn't have to be elite. It just has to be good enough. Um, and, you know, the, the grinder, the meat grinder of war will turn good enough, uh, you know, fairly low trained infantry into much better trained infantry through a process of, of attrition uh, over time. You know, one of the things that's going to be going on on the 9th of May, we're going to be back to Kremlin, Kremlinology, uh, seeing who's standing up on the review stand with Putin. And I'll be really interested to see if there's any Chinese presence for the parade um, on the reviewing stand. And I bet you that there probably will be. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's I, good bet. I, I think I think you're also right about the Kremlinology, the whole kind of reading the tea leaves based on who's standing next to who who's and still alive and who's, who's still right and, and 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 who's and who's on the you know who who doesn't get airbrushed out of the photograph, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so. Uh, Anyway, this is, uh, you know, Izum in the Servodonetsk area is still uh, providing plenty of, uh, of interest. So, um, oh, Jesus, my cat got knocked, locked in. Hold on a second. <laughs> I 
for once it wasn't me with an animal interruption. I was I was literally just about to say that. Well, the funny thing is, is the is the dumb cat like so? I the, the door is cracked just enough so they can get in and out of the room, and you know the the dumb cat does that thing where they you know rub their face against the edge of the door, and she rubbed her face against the edge of the door and shut the door. <laughs> so she locked herself in here. So anyway, I'm not all a right. cat person. Well, you know. When your family gets cats, you just kind of suck it up and you go along with for the ride. Uh, all right, so looking further south along, uh, closer to Donetsk, uh, along the uh, line of control, uh, Adivka continues to be under heavy attack with reports of artillery fire and the use of white phosphorus uh, within the last 48 hours. Uh, these attacks are likely meant to continue to pressure the Ukrainian forces and fix combat power in the area so that they can't be committed to the Serbo Donetsk. Um, so in Mariupol, we do have some uh, developments. Uh, so Russian forces are attacking the Azovstal main complex from the east. Uh, the fighting is ongoing uh, outside the Azovstal perimeter. Uh, Russian forces likely uh, intend to leave uh, minimal force in and around uh, Mariupol, just what's necessary to block Ukrainian positions uh, and to prevent partisan actions. Uh, and are deploying much of their combat power uh, in other uh, areas, you know, much, m most likely in and around the area of uh, Zaporizhia. Um, there are so there are reports that they are using some of their robot uh, combat vehicles. Um, and this would make sense based on the type of fighting that we would see that close quarters, really dirty, nasty fighting. Um, so I'll be interested to see if we see any more reports or potentially blown up, uh, Russian vehicles. Um, and then, uh, just right before we went live, there were reports of the UN and the Red Cross vehicles that have arrived, uh, in the Donats Oblast, uh, from, uh, for negotiations on the evacuation of civilians from the Azovstal plant in Mariupol. Uh, and so... Potentially, the, there is a deal in place, actually. This is the, literally the last thing I saw um, come across uh, Twitter right before we went live, is that there is a deal in place. So um, that is, there is a potential that we could get some of those uh, civilians that we saw in that bunker video the other day um, out of there. I think that's a really good call. Um, I think the Ukrainians really should kind of suck it up and, and give up the whole ghost on this. I don't think there's any point in holding out other than just to, you know, die in your own, you know, choosing the grave that you die in. Um, there's no reason for these guys to die, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and so just to kind of show so, you some of, so this is like demolition by tank, right? This is, this is what we're looking at um, as far as the, is, is what you know the ukrainians are facing um and this is you know this video was provided as evidence as to why a lot of the civilians uh are having a hard time so essentially what you see here is this tank continue to fire into this building until it essentially collapses that whole uh front of the building uh there and then so just the the kind of video just kind of keeps on going and then at the end of the video it's kind of interesting what we see happen uh after that and this just goes to show you it doesn't matter how hard you s smash positions with artillery or with uh direct fire or, or things like that um 
you know, people can still survive in these kind of locations. So he pulls back, firing as he does. But it's interesting that this is a T. Yeah, see, the, the building collapses right there. That whole corner does. And then, oh, just keeps on going, huh? And then here are the people coming out of the building after the shelling is over with. It just goes to show you how, you know, you think that nobody can survive anything like that, but people are in there surviving. Uh, and a lot of these are civilians. The case that fighting them. I think that's yeah. Joe. I think you're robotic. Joe, Joe, you're you're really uh, breaking up. There's a very interesting correlation just as far as history goes. That's the anniversary of uh, the Battle of Berlin. And that so many of the images that we're seeing, if you look at old images from World War II, they don't look that different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, shocking destruction and people emerge, you know, alive from the uh, from the rubble. So. Um, <laughs> all this, all I these think the Germans folks. still lost like over 200,000 casualties just in the fight for Berlin. I'll have to uh, double check that. But they, they lost yeah. a disturbing amount of people after the, but to your point, as far as the war being over practically for them. Yeah. And yet still they did not want uh, what was going to come next. You know, we are uh, graced to have Little Binger here. He's uh, uh, a very famous uh, <laughs> Minnesota lawyer. Um, all right. Uh, oh, yeah, it's Wisconsin, isn't it? I can't, I can't ever keep those states straight. Uh, I think they have the same. Your problem. Honor, Scott doesn't even know what state we're in, Your Honor. Your Honor. <laughs> I tell you, Nick's impression of that guy is so spot on. It's so funny. Uh, Wisconsin lawyer. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, so um, kind of uh, kind of offsetting what we're seeing in Mariupol with the Russian forces pulling back, we're starting to see. Um, so, so far there have in Zaporizhia Oblots, there have been no significant advances um, but reports say that there are a lot of Russian units m moving into this area uh, for the past week. Um, so that would kind of track with once they kind of locked down the Azovstal plant, they were able to start flowing combat power out of the uh, Mariupol area into areas where they may uh, conduct other attacks. Um, and I would imagine all of those units are going to get at least some some bit of respite before they get thrown back into the meat grinder. Um, so that's something to consider. Um, and looking over Kursan, not a whole lot uh, that we're seeing going on towards uh, Kursan. You know, continued kind of jockeying for position in and around the uh, the west and northwest of the city, but uh, no significant moves. Uh, and then, you know, the last place to mention is uh, evidently Transnistria. There's still a reports of potential uh, Russian false flag uh, attacks on Transnistria. So we'll keep our eye on that. But um, 
so far we haven't seen anything any real evidence of that yet oh anti-commie for five dollars hey it's easy scott the brigade that won uh, the Civil War is from Wisconsin. It's so it, it was so cool. We let Michigan add a regiment so they wouldn't feel left out. Listen, they're talking about your oppressors. There, Stan. Yet it was yeah. called. Yet it was called the Michigan Sharpshooters. I'm just saying. <laughs> you guys didn't win anything. There was just a cessation of hostilities for a bit. That's right. It's a uh, we, we're looking just for a, another opportunity to uh, rejoin the uh, the affair. Yeah, um, on on ground of our choosing. So there, uh, there ends the uh, the map segment for this evening. Bravo! Thank you, thank you. You know, and I did it in less than half an hour. So that that, yeah, that is excellent. That is excellent. That is excellent. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, what I, before... my contribution to the map section is a, uh, a map that I posted in the private chat, um, pointing out that we've now got more Russian Pacific Fleet units, uh, ships in the Met hanging around Tartus, Tartarus. God only knows what's going to happen with that. That's it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what's cooking in terms of uh, the Russian Navy in the Met. It just so happens I have that queued up. You know, watcher, if you could open that link, it's the it's our first topic down there. Oh, I was psychic. Great mind. Perfect. Absolutely. I was just looking for it in the private chat and couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, right here, coming up. Map segment. It'll be very ironic if they're all quote home based in uh, Sebastopol. Sebastopol. <laughs> So well, the the irony is is that these are Pacific Fleet forces, right? If if I was reading correctly, yes, yeah. So uh, approximately twenty uh, surface warfare vessels. Now, clearly, some of these are tenders and or uh, kind of sustainment ships, um, but you know there are there are probably also some marine elements uh, and a potential amphib in there as well. Um, Anti-commie for two dollars says false. The Iron Brigade, you're welcome, ribs. The and, uh, Iron Brigade uh, consisted of the first and second Michigan Sharpshooter regiments. Just say. Uh oh, uh oh. Anti-commie, you gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right, Hunch, uh, the dirty roofer uh, for two dollars. Don't forget the dolphins protected the harbor. Well, that's true. so. Looking at that, uh, so what's your take? You know, Stan, you since you brought it up, I'd like to get your kind of I, let you go first. I well, I don't know that I have a take per se, other than just to make a couple of observations. The Marshal Ustinov is the twin of the Moscow, right? So third third boat down from the top of that little graphic there, that's a missile cruiser that is the same class as the as the Moscow. And there's been some speculation that that thing's going to get reassigned to, as Mike said, to Sevastopol, and they're going to try to move it through the, the Bosporus and 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 replace the Moscow, uh, which is a pretty ballsy move, in my opinion, given that I don't know that they're going to be in a position to protect it any better than they were last time around. But apparently, <laughs> there's there's you know that ship played a an important part in linking air defense for the southern coast there of uh, 
of the Black Sea. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And I don't know, they get a shopping list down below of what else they might move through. Because uh, again, I, we, Odessa, we're not done with Odessa. Um, so the idea that they're going to move more, more naval units through the Bosporus in order to prepare for an assault on Odessa is consistent with, I think, what we've all collectively said is likely to happen before wintertime. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing was is that, and I don't know if this was calculation on the Russians' part or maybe just a lack of understanding of, of how serious this could get, but was that they left so much uh, of their naval forces based out of Tartarus um, versus... Uh, you know, moving that stuff into the Black Sea prior to, uh, you know, hostilities getting kicked off. Um, I think maybe that's partially they they misread the situation. As far as their ability to actually access the Bosphorus, but, you know, it also just may have been a, a miscalculation uh, in general. And in the, it well, does I freeze think, kind I, of our naval forces, though. Yeah, it, t- it ties up NATO in the Met, that's for sure. And, and, but I think, I think part of it's been because right now, right now, the Greeks, the Turks are running at each other in the Med. You get two NATO, you, know, you got NATO on NATO conflict going on. So it's, but I, I, I think you'll see, and I, there's a comment in the chat: Can they move into the Bosphorus? Uh, by one way or another, I'm not an expert on the on that treaty. And I'm not going to try to give you a legal interpretation, but the the rules that were amended at the time that they restricted uh, vessel flow was that they were not going to try to interdict or they would allow passage of ships that were home ported in Sevastopol. And Scott referenced earlier that all of a sudden some paperwork may get filed. And the next thing you know, half these things are now, you know, now part of the Black Sea fleet. Keep in mind, the Black Sea is... It's going to get crowded if they move a lot of this stuff in there because it's not that big. It's not that big a body of water. Yeah, no, that's um, it's it's not deep either. So uh, it is actually the Black Sea is anoxic at some levels. It's 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 pretty deep in the middle, but it's but as you say, in that coastal area there, and and the Sea of Azov is is a puddle. And yeah, uh, yeah, but. But uh, it, it's 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 going to be crowded. Well, they do have submarines, uh, you know, operating in there. We've already seen some submarine launch cruise missiles uh, be used uh, out of the Black Sea. So, and speaking the- of submarines, I'll just to those of you keeping score at home, the. Uh, uh, the U.S. the not yet commissioned USS Montana is up for sea trials, so um, we're we're excited about that. It's a Virginia class Block Four boat, and uh, and uh, um, we're I've been told look- I've, been, I've been told it's been modified though, Stan. To, yeah, it was modified. It's got new ordnance on on board. Um, I, I, you know, the Warlock saw to that, as I recall. <laughs> He's a he's a slick bastard. I'm telling you. Yeah, how we got into how we got into into uh, Norfolk, I don't know, but uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, Belsky Otriad is 
crew prepping to take over control once sea trials are over uh, <laughs> to, to, to execute letters of mark against uh, Russian. We're going to accommodate them Russian oligarchs and, yes. uh, and their yachts. And, and the klepto, 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 whatever. We're going to get them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so uh, we've got 92 people watching. Now is as good a time as any to uh, remind folks about our um, giveaway that we've got. Um, if, if you guys don't mind, if I take a, a break to pause uh, and to uh, and to shill our. Uh, so what, what are we giving? What, what, what giveaway? What's that? So essentially what you do, there's a. A link down in the description of this video, uh, or you could just go over to Twitter um, to the future conflict, and then it's our pen tweet there. Um, and so basically, if you if you retweet and like the tweet, leave a comment, and then also follow us on Twitter, then you will be entered into a drawing. Um, and so we're going to do that on on the Monday show, um, and we are going to. A giveaway uh, a pool of stuff. We've got um, an X Umbras hat. We've got a uh, Soul Attack hat. We've got some X Umbras stickers. We've got Mike's uh, anthology, three book anthology of his uh, of his Warlock series, uh, signed by uh, Mike, of course. Uh, we've got the all three books from Joe's uh, Tactical Wisdom series with a uh, a drawing, a remark, as they say in the book industry, of uh, of Joe uh, wearing cargo shorts. Um, in crayon, I understand. I don't know if it's a multicolor image uh, that Joe has done for us or if it's a single color image, but uh, I am assured that uh, once he finished, uh, he he uh, ate those crowns that he uh, was using. So uh, so you will be the only person in the world that has uh, the rest of that. Um, well, let's see. And then we also have a prize package for members only. Now, if you're a member, you get automatically entered into the main prize pot. You don't have to do any of the uh, directions that we're talking about. That being said, it would be great if you did uh, retweet and uh, like um, the uh, the chat just or the uh, tweet just to kind of help get the word out. Uh, but if you're a member, you don't have to do anything. Um, and then in addition to that, you're also entered into a member giveaway. Uh, which is a soul attack hat, some uh, those X umbra sti stickers, um, and then we've got uh, uh, another copy of Mike's uh, three book anthology, and then the tactical wisdom notebook. Uh, and and I, I'm I'm assured that Joe will uh, also do some sort of a signed or uh, Crayola, you know. Uh, remark in that book as well so looking forward to uh to you guys uh, you know signing up and making sure that you follow all three of those steps now we've we've seen some now if you look at the tweets right so let's see what we've got uh watcher let's look at that that initial tweet so we've got uh 47 likes but or retweets and 60 likes 66 likes so what that means is that um, only 47 of those 66 likes count, right? Now, some of you may be members, so you're just kind of liking out of you know, charity. Um, but if if you just liked it and you didn't retweet it and comment and follow the account, then you won't be signed up. So you have to do all four of those things in order to 
um, sign up. And, and, you know, I think it was uh, one of our, uh, I think it was one of those, oh, I just, <laughs> I had that comment up forever. Um, I think uh, one of the guys in the chat the other day said, well, that's a lot of steps. So I was like, well, we're giving you good free stuff. I mean, if you're not, if you're not willing to do those four steps to get entered in for, for the free stuff, then I don't, you know, you're not going to be a very good communist, uh, comrade, when, when you have to line up for the bread. Um, you know, I'm just saying, you know, that's where we're going, right? Um, all right. So anyway, that's our uh, giveaway. Hope you guys signed up. Looking forward to giving this cool stuff away to uh, one of you guys. And we're going to try to do giveaways on a semi-regular basis. Uh, we'll kind of get that figured out. And, the, and then the next giveaway will have some... Uh, We'll, we'll be even better. We'll have some fine distilled spirits. Some distilled spirits. We'll have some... Uh, some the patches uh, we've been teasing forever. The future conflict swag will be in there. We're looking at uh, hopefully getting in the next two weeks or so having uh, you know some, some stuff to show you on that front. So we've got a lot of stuff boiling and uh, nothing in life is free. Only death is freeing. Oh, sure. She's getting she's getting rather morose on us this morning. Well, morning for me, evening for you guys. Uh, Holly I don't know. She, she did just all the she, steps. she did just ask for a drawing of Mike in my cargo shorts. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Taste. Can Joe draw Mike wearing Joe's cargo shorts? That's kind of uh, interesting. Oddly specific. <laughs> you know, so I don't know if you guys so. Let's let's talk real quick before we jump back into the uh, the actual content of the show. Do you guys know what shipping is? Yes. Oh my god! I knew you would. You're a degenerate. These other gentlemen are are find outstanding citizens that don't know about this stuff. So our especially our um, our Demi, daughters. I can, answer, I can answer that. Shipping is. I send books to you. That's right. That's that's exactly right. That's what the sane person would right? would uh, respond with. But unfortunately, these uh, Gen Z kids have um, a new definition, right? So, as you know, you know, when we were kids, we we couldn't say full words. We had to, you know, we had to, like you couldn't say, "Well, that's radical." You had to say, "Well, that's rad," right? You had to shorten words, right? Well, shipping is anti-commie i mean i'm a mail carrier so shipping is my life well there you go um so uh, i told you he was a fed <laughs> oh irony sweet irony um so shipping is short for relationship right and so um these kids nowadays always want to think about like putting two people who shouldn't be in a relationship into a relationship. So for instance, um, you know, uh, I think that the Han Solo and Princess Leia would be great together. Let's ship them together. No, no, no. I ship Han. I ship Luke Skywalker with Princess Leia. What? You, don't you know that they're brother and sister? I just think they're a cute couple. This would be a typical kind of uh, Gen Z conversation about shipping. And so it sounds like what uh, Char is doing there is she's shipping Mike and Joe and and trying to get a view of what would happen uh, the morning after. So. That's gross. And that probably takes us to Angelina Jolie. That's, that's probably right. Oh, it does. It does. Also, me poo. 
Me poo. So, um, you know, Angelina Jolie's, you know, pretty damn hard, you know. I've got the gene for breast cancer, so I'm just going to go ahead and lop off my crap before cancer can, you know, that's kind of like, you know, the old bullet in the head before, uh, you know, you can, you, before they can come get you, you know, that's, that's always kind of a hard type of uh, choice to make. Um, so what, <laughs> what's your take on this whole Angelina Jolie and, uh, and uh, uh, Laviv? She went to Starbucks. She was, yeah. I, she, she was looking for Malcolm Nance, I guess, at Starbucks. But, uh, but he had uh, already shipped out to the front. I'm, he, he's I'm on the front line. And look at this. She's, she's, she's going to adopt these kids now, too. I mean. Well, the, the racial no, component is. There's uh, no sus. end to it. There's no end to it. Yeah, what, look, what are we going to say look, that Angelina can't have any more kids? I'm just saying I, she's, I she's already gobbled up everyone else's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know. In Ron's defense, he did make a, you know, he did say that she's actually pretty serious in the context of her involvement with the UN and what have you. And I'll take that at face value. But, but I, I don't know what was so urgent in Lviv, right? That that she had to roll in for a publicity a publicity tour, and uh, and, and and get relevant for for thirty six hours. So, anyhow, guys, I need to step away for a minute. I think that may be me. I'm going to step away for a minute, and I'll be back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, so Angelina Jolie, uh, somebody is echoing. They're all muted. Watch your, your... and I'm on headphones. Yeah, my, my mic is muted from the mic side, too, boss. I don't know. I don't know what don't else, know it what else it could be. Maybe I got to. I got to come back. Come back. All right. Hold down the forward. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump off. Say that again. Oh, now it's gone. I was muted on my side. No, you're you're good. But now the the echo's gone. All right. Shar. Yeah, Scott Bright. I I don't know. I didn't do anything, and it went away. So. I don't know what the hell. All right. It, er, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing that was causing the echo, but it's gone. Thank God. Um, yeah, so I don't know what to make of this whole Angelina Jolie thing. I think I think there is some virtual signaling on, on one hand, but I think she's actually, I think she really believes in this stuff. Um, I don't know how much of it's tied to her ego. Um, and so... I mean, I'm, but I, I, I can't make fun of somebody for if if they're actually doing something that is uh, that is actually serious. I will um, say that I think, think that she's done more than a lot of other celebrities on actually attempting to do things. However, like you said, the showing up in a war zone and you're not actually helping the war effort then i don't know what you're doing well i also think she detracts some resources to protect her that could be better used elsewhere yeah that's, i think you're that's my point. you're right um and the one thing i will give her credit for is that she has actually 
um, she's focused on areas that other people haven't focused on. And so what that means is that she probably has a legitimate uh, appreciation for the uh, for the issues versus just, um, you know, going to the to the current thing in order to kind of stroke her ego and, and virtue signal. So it's it's very in vogue. Uh, however, you know, she, um, Sean Penn should understand their, uh, they, <laughs> they could do nothing of really. I mean, it, this is huge. This is way above them. It's way above, you know, a person's philanthropy. It's, uh, <laughs> just get out of the way. You can stay at home. You can, you can do whatever you want from California. It's absurd. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would see it only as virtue signaling. They they literally just don't have any authority to do anything of any value. They should they should know that and act accordingly. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Um, I mean, the the one thing I will give her is the fact that she's been actively involved in this kind of stuff for decades now. So I mean, this is not this is not just a kind of a passing thing for her. Um, and she does have some affiliation and uh, accreditation through the the UN um, for several years now. So if she's if you know it's one of those kind of things. If the UN go, comes to her and says, "Hey, listen, we want to do this X, Y, and Z uh, in Ukraine. We think you're the right person to be the kind of face of this." Um, you know, if that's the case, then, no, then, then that's great. With the UN, I thought that was a negative. Well, I mean, not in her worldview. I mean, you got to remember oh, this is well, the yeah. uh, liberal hegemony, you know, he, you know, the liberal hegemony that wants to uh, assert control throughout, you know, uh, Europe and into Asia and other places like that. So, oh, then yes, her. I mean, she does have the official title for uh, the what is it, the UNICEF or something? Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, she's like some sort of a UN, you know, uh, I, I can't remember what they call her. Yeah, anyway. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. Um, I want I want to take us a, to a kind of a little darker turn. So let me share my screen here real quick. Uh, uh, I see $5 in the chat. Let's go to Alan Rogers for $5. Can't believe I'm paying money to defend Angelina Jolie, but sometimes people that don't think uh, the things that we do can also do good things. No, no, spot on. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing when it's... Um, it's Angelina Jolie who has a, tra a track record um, for for this type of, of activity. Um, it's another thing when it's somebody else. That being said, uh, there is always some level of distraction that is brought to uh, when a celebrity gets involved, period. Right. Um, so I don't think anybody on our end is uh, upset about this. It's just, you know, we're just noting uh, what's happening in and around so appreciate you uh putting your two cents in there um and yeah i think she can do good right i think the un can do good that doesn't mean i think the un always does good 
Um, of course, like people like Mad say that uh, most of the UN is trash, but UNICEF does good work. So, right. I mean, you know, and ultimately we've identified, right, the victims of this war are not the Ukrainian government or the Russian government or the Russian people or the or the Russian or Ukrainian soldiers. These aren't the victims. The victims are the regular Ukrainian people who just get caught in the middle of this crap. And so to the extent that she's helping those people, I think everything that she can do to relieve suffering, I think is is, you know, is valuable. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know. Yeah, no, I got you, brother. You're you're good. I I think uh, I think you're right. I think our side does have the bit, the tendency to kind of fly off the handle. I think I think that um, to the extent that you know, I think the right should set the example of being more circumspect in how we criticize and, and less jumping the gun and shooting from the hip on our criticism and more kind of basing it on the facts of the situation. I think that's uh I think that would be a good, you know, because then that way we could differentiate ourselves from the uh the the left and how the left uh constantly just um jumps into the fray. There's so many other better things to criticize. Like I I, I think that like we agree that we don't really love the idea from a defensive standpoint with her going in there because of the resources that she's going to necessarily take right. up to protect her. But it's also not worth uh, any of us spending that much time trying to defend or critique her either when there's a million other issues that are far bigger and <laughs> demanding of time to talk about. Well, and I also think that, you know, let's see what let's see what the result is. You know, if she does great work while she's there, that's great. And we can say, hey, it's glad she helped. It, but if she, you know, just does a, a virtue signal to her, then I think that's, you know, worth worth criticism, probably. Um, so, <laughs> oh, I, I, I just saw, Watcher, I just saw your uh, chat, your private chat. Um <laughs> Hooking and jabbing, man. You're 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 doing it. All right, so let's move on. To I'm this, making uh, it work, but I I do have to say real quick, and I'm sorry to get, go like, for it. Circle us back into here, but it's the same thing we've been saying, and it's about it's not just about resources. Like, ask the question seriously. What is she doing in Lviv that she could not do through intermediaries from Warsaw? Yes, from Poland. Maybe focusing on the refugees in Poland would be in a, a better use of her. But, you know, once again, that you got to, you know, signal that virtue, you know. So, yeah, let's go ahead I mean, and move on. Sorry about that. Sorry to drag no, us back it's, into it's that. <laughs> I, like I said, it's it's a valid question. And I think um, if we uh, see how her trip goes, maybe there's something comes out of it specifically. Um, you know, maybe she'll get some time with Z-Man. Uh, all oh, right, you so know let's... that's you know that's happening. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, let's move on. Packed? What's that? Is uh, Zelensky married? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, married. I'm going to talk about his uh, partner. So, well, I mean, he's in a war zone, so so probably light, rightly so. 
Um, all right, so I wanted to cover this article, and I thought we could read through it a little bit today uh, here on the ch the stream, and and we could kind of talk about it. Um, and then we've got a follow up story that kind of goes directly to this, um, because this definitely. So throughout the week, we've been talking about um, the targeting, the information sharing, and potential targeting that the United States is doing against Russian uh, forces. Uh, and specifically, potentially even Russian key leaders, um, something along the lines of what we used to do in Afghanistan, where we had these target lists of key leaders and high value, uh, you know, HVTs, as we called them in, Af in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, and so we did that to the in order to to kind of gather intel to specifically locate and then eliminate uh, key individuals. Now, I have no evidence that that's going on. And uh, but if that does, that's that is a very deliberate type of action. And if that's happening, then, you know, that could be, you know, that could be that could be trouble, especially if uh, if uh, Russia takes a dim, a dim view on that. So uh, that that kind of goes towards this article. So this is in foreign policy. Uh, this came out on the 29th. Um, and so it's called, it says uh, Biden's dangerous new Ukraine endgame is no endgame. Um, and then the subhead is with his strategy to weaken Russia, the U.S. president may be turning the Ukraine war into a global one. So uh, this is a, absolutely in line with with the warnings that we've been kind of talking about since the beginning of the war. Um, so let's let's read a little bit of this. Um, in a dramatic shift, series of shifts this week, U U.S. President Joe Biden and his NATO allies have escalated their policy of helping to defend Ukraine against Russian aggression into a policy of undermining the power and influence of Russia itself. In doing so, some observers fear that they are leaving Russian President Vladimir Putin little choice but to surrender or double down militarily, raising the possibility of widening the war beyond Ukraine. So, I mean, this kind of goes back to our talk uh, that, you know, the, the points that Stan made earlier um, and our, our conversation stemming around uh, what happened, what is going to happen in and around the March, uh, May 9th. Um, which is, you know, the Victory Day Parade that they're, uh, what the hell, spicy lingerie, what the hell is that? <laughs> Watcher, what have you been oh, searching? The, oh, the ads you get on a new computer that doesn't have any searches on it. Interesting. Well, the irony is, is in that same space on mine, I don't have any ads. So in Korea, they're, get a not, different browser? they're not serving ads. That's so funny. Uh, I thought at first that was on my my screen share, and I was like, "What?" It's maybe, man. Maybe, 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 maybe it violates the, uh, the 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 Korean purity laws or something. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, so I still feel like that's funny. <laughs> uh, at least the chat appreciates it too. He got yeah. So so Watcher got some new underwear. So. Uh, so now it wants to sell him more. At least we know Scott isn't gay. That's right. Well, I, it's true. I am not gay. Uh, yeah, not that there's anything wrong with being gay, but I, that ain't me. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, so um, let me focus in a little more. Um, 
So on Thursday, Biden urged Congress to provide a $33 billion additional military, economic, and humanitarian assistance for Ukraine. So we talked about that at length as well. Um, more than uh, double the previous amount and said he was sending a clear message to Putin, you will never succeed in dominating Ukraine. Uh, beyond that, Biden said in his remarks at the White House, the new policy was intended to punish uh, Russian aggression to lessen the risk of future conflicts. So if that's the case, I mean, what are we looking at here, guys? I mean, are we looking at a, oh, I guess you popped out and popped back in. Um, are we looking at a, a chance of less conflict or is this, you know, is this going to get Russia to back down or is this going to get Russia to potentially widen their, uh, their conflict? What, what, what do you guys think? Well, I think just generally speaking, um, you know, we're, it's, it's a slippery slope. Uh, and I, I really hope we don't just have a, a policy of uh, playing chicken. I, again, and I've said it, you know, that would be unwise if, if and we don't, we don't necessarily have to know what the president's huge super strategy is. You know, we don't have to be privy to that. Um, but I would hope there is, you know, all this talk, all this, whatever um, is in some kind of context you know, that there actually is a, a very deep thinking process behind all this that has some some semblance of a probability of success. Yeah. I'm, I'm being very kind. I'm not typically very kind. Um, well, I mean, well, but what do you think you, is likely to happen? Joe wants to say something. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I think you're trying to say something, but. Uh... But, he, I mean, I guess where I'm going is if this is the tip of the iceberg that we're seeing of a, of a you know, a structured, beautiful policy, it, it really gives me, uh, you know, not a great deal of confidence. Um, Why would know, we be kind and think? There's actually an overarching strategy beyond getting us further involved when every single thing that we've seen them do says that that's what they're doing. I mean, like, well, I, 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 be, I, 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 I 100% um, agree with you. What so, nope, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. Go ahead, watcher. No, I was, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm with you. At a certain point, like Occam's razor only functions when you're not dealing with people who are, are, uh, are, are deliberately um, uh, acting poorly, I guess. Uh, my, my question is, if we look at the Biden administration, what from, from his own personal perspective, what uh, incentive does he even have not to start a war? Like, as far as I understand it, from Biden's perspective, there's no negatives here. Yeah. Now, so uh, uh, again, I, I, I am hoping that someone who is a president has a little more depth of morality than just to think 
purely of his own preservation. I mean, you know, if, if he was a younger gentleman that, you know, definitely had a shot at, at a, a second uh, uh, stint as president, uh, okay, I, I, I would still hate that. You know, if, if he was that driven, um, you know, the guy's got to do the right thing. You know, this is serious shit. I mean, this this is this isn't some of his other domestic things. This is very serious. So, uh, I, I God, I hope that's not, I hope I mean, that's not the case. Watcher, really. we've all read a lot of history, right? And what is one of the oldest moves in the book when you are running a country and you have internal problems? You start external issues to distract from your internal problems. Yeah. No. I mean, so yeah. There's a lot going on here. Um, you know, so w real quick, Catherine Smith, welcome. Uh, she's the second new member from tonight. I'll just just real quick. Uh, you know, what do you get with membership? Membership, uh, in addition to being signed up for all of our uh, our uh, giveaways without having to do anything, uh, membership also gives you access to um, you know kind of member chats that we're gonna we do over in the Gilded server, um, and they're members only. So uh, we do at least once one of those a month. Um, we're already kind of planning the next one, uh, you know, t hopefully to get maximum participation by all the members of the council. The last one went pretty well. Um, what The things we talk about over there are a little different than when we normally talk about here on the council. We, we try to focus on military and uh, geopolitical stuff here on the YouTube channel. But in the member chats, we can kind of go on wider uh, tangents and, and different types of uh, topics. So. We talked a little politics. We talked background. You know, I think we talked about some of a, you know what 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 our individual backgrounds are. Uh, but it was a fun well, time and looking forward and to the important uh, thing to is doing this, it again. It, and the important thing is, it's member guided. If you guys have something you want to ask us about, you exactly. you become a member and get in that channel, and then the the full conversation is a hundred percent driven by you guys. We don't walk in with any notes for those right. for those member yeah. meetings. Yeah, the other thing too is that you know you get to actually join us on the stage, so you're actually uh, we hear your voice, and it's a conversation, not just a, uh, an actual like you know one way type thing like what you have on here. So anyway, I think it's a pretty good deal, and uh, you know uh, the members that were there last time had a had a good time. Um, so uh, I just wanted to highlight that, and I haven't talked about. It. So, uh, Joe's back in the chat. Never mind, nothing important. There's, let's see, my comment was simply that there was no way to contain this within Ukraine. Now, spot on, Joe. I mean, and it's kind of like it, it, the sad thing is, Joe Stradamus is, is, is once again uh, correct. He's back. Joe, are, are you back with us? Well, we're we're praying for you uh, to to come through again, um, Catherine. Yeah, I saw your earlier comment. We are actually setting up a locals, so uh, that's in the works right now. <clears throat> We've got some pretty cool things that we're going to try to do on there. So uh, more to follow on locals. Um, so uh, yep. All right. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at Jeannie, Gene Rogers' comment. Things are going to escalate. Nobody is talking about peace. I think we talked about that Friday. Uh, um, 
you know, absolutely true. There's all kinds of all kinds of talk, and you don't hear a damn thing about you know here's X proposal that's going to be brought up, you know, to 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 resolve this thing. Awful lot of talk. Otherwise, other things, nothing. I mean, it is radio silence on that, and that's that really is kind of concerning. Um, so to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, right on. Um, and. Yeah, de-escalation is definitely not happening. So let's let's kind of let me go to the next part of this uh, article. Um, so so there was a, a there was a clear declaration this week from U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who after meeting with uh, President Zelensky, said that the U.S. objective is now to curtail Russia's power over the long term, so it does not have the capability to reproduce its a military assault on Ukraine. Uh, we want to see Russia weakened to the degree that it cannot do the kinds of things that it's doing. It, it's done in invading Ukraine, Austin said. And then so the shift may have been what prompted Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov to declare afterwards that Washington and the West had entered a proxy war with Russia, risking another world war, Lavrov warned, that could go nuclear. The dangerous is serious and real. Uh, we... And we must not underestimate it, Lavrov said. Putin also again suggested this week that he has, uh, he has since the beginning of this invasion on February 24th, that he still has the option of using nuclear weapons against NATO, saying that we have all the instruments for this uh, to respond to a direct threat uh, to Russia, ones nobody else can boast of, and we will use them if we have to. So, I mean, clearly... To your point, Mike, I mean, Russia's not talking about de-escalating. They're talking about escalating. <laughs> I mean, none of this, I don't think, I don't think what we're doing is a deterrent to Russia. If anything, well, you know, go ahead. Why would Putin uh, de-escalate at this point? I mean, we literally used one of the, like, biggest levers we have with economic sanctions and uh, with attacking the ruble, cutting them off from SWIFT, doing all that crap, that only hurt us. Like the ruble's already back to above, it's either the same or above its value that it was when uh, the war started. So, and they've got, their oil sales are up. Um, so, and like was discussed, it's a lot easier now for him to move from the special operation thing to we're being attacked by the West and it's an existential right. threat. And, and, and it's, right. And it's they're wrong on this one. Like uh, and, a more, and a more I'm, general war is the only answer. I mean, I, I I'm, think I'm thinking my interpretation of Joe's um, thing he typed in in the chat relates to uh you know it cannot be or should be contained to this cannot be contained to ukraine um i think that's what he was getting at in his yeah. comment you know that's unfortunately don't get to see everything he's thinking or you know he just had that little short blurb um and and, and i think putin knows that you know we're seeing more maneuvering from putin on the financial side, the ruble and gold, wheat, you know, all that kind of stuff, oil, uh, 
I don't know if we're going to talk about that thing that I think it was Dan put in the chat earlier about India, uh, you know, and that's just an extension of something we've already, yeah, we've talked about already, you know, clearly that, you know, India is kind of seeing the light as far as making avenues. Uh, well, the interesting thing, Russia. I'm going to keep going with this article, but uh, the interesting thing about the India piece is that we already knew that there's going to be um, constraints on the wheat market because of what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. Um, and then China has said that they're going to they're have a reduced forecast wheat forecast this year. Um, but then when you start factoring in like live news of, hey, yeah, the India India planned on having a bigger than 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 ever a wheat crop. But this year it's being curtailed because of the temperature is scorching the crop. And so if that's the case, then, you know, these are just kind of new inputs right into this you know, kind of evolving model that we have, uh, you know, we don't have a computer model here at the council, but we have a general concept of what we think. And, and because we share information on a regular basis, we have developed a kind of a, a collective model of what we think is going to be successful or success or failure. Um, and it, it, you know, every little kind of tidbit like this enters us closer to uh, a serious uh, food crisis. But that's that's kind of for a different topic. Um, let me continue on. Um, the new U.S. and NATO strategy is partly based on Ukraine's continuing battlefield success against Putin, uh, who has been forced to scale down his ambitions from a full takeover of Ukraine to a major new assault in its eastern and southern parts. Uh, NATO allies, including Germany, which have until this week have had unequivocal uh, unequivocate, or equivocated on sending heavy offensive weaponry to Ukraine, have ratcheted up their aid in response. Uh, the German Chancellor uh, Schultz, under political pressure at home and abroad, announced this week that his country would be providing 50 anti-aircraft uh, vehicles to Ukraine. So, I mean... You know, we're looking for, I mean, you know, we, we've been call, we've been saying for all along that whether it's providing the MiGs, you know, from Poland earlier in the war, or now it's, you know, we're looking at heavy equipment. I mean, these are all things that we think, I, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else here, but I think I'm, I, I have our general thought process down. These are all things that we see as uh potentially stirring the pot and and going to a broader conflict now i'll be honest with you outside of nuclear and some asymmetric threats such as cyber uh and whatnot i don't see that there's a a huge you know there's no armored assault coming across the fold of gap you know those those days are long gone um i don't think that they could even do an armor assault on a uh on a uh, an, another country outside, you know, f you know, for instance, um, I don't know that they would be able to be successful uh, in Estonia or Latvia or Lithuania. Those are all small countries, um, but between their strength, the their their NATO partnership, and um, you know the forces that are in the area and Russia's weakened state of its uh, offensive capability, I just don't think Russia has the capacity to do an to do more additional ground uh, invasion and assaults. Um, so the threat has to come from a different quarter, right? And always, you know, with if Russia is smart and takes the, you know, the playbook of, uh, the, you know, 
you know, the terrorists for the last 20 years, instead of hitting us where we are strong, they will try to find where we are weak and hit us there. Um, you know, I think something like nuclear weapons is probably not, I think that's a great kind of cudgel to use in public statements, but I don't think that that is a, a realistic uh, course of action for the Russians to take. I think it's much more likely uh, to use some sort of a, you know, cyber or even like an EMP, I think, attack would be more likely than, say, a direct, uh, you know, tactical nuclear, uh, you know, attack on, say, uh, you know, for instance, there's a there's a city in Poland, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's been a transshipment point for a lot of the equipment coming into, um, if they were to hit that rail it hit that that city with the, you know that supply node going into Ukraine with a tactical weapon, then that still would yeah, that would be the end of Russia. You know NATO would absolutely uh, move to conduct a regime change against uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, so I mean I just don't think any of those courses of actions are either feasible or likely. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, so Anticommy for $2 says, yeah, or they realign with OPEC um, where we are weakest. I mean, they're already doing that. We're already seeing um, Saudi Arabia kind of cozying up uh, to both China and to Russia. Um, and, you know, and I think that there is a uh, an alignment. But look uh, at like, the fact that BRICS, that was literally made irrelevant for a few years is now suddenly being talked about. Well, but I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to see Brazil be part of that. And even South Africa, I think is, is not as consequential as it once was as a, you know, when, when the BRICS was kind of a thing, um, 15 years ago. Um, all right. I'm going to continue on with this article, see what else they have to say. Uh, Let's see. In in the Kremlin's eyes, the West has uh, the West is out to get Russia. It is unspoken before. Now it's spoken, said uh, Sean Monahay, uh, expert on uh, Europe and Europe at the Center for Strategic International Studies. If you've combined this with Biden's comments at his summit in Poland last month, um, that this man, Putin, uh, cannot remain in power. Uh, all this turns into a ter- it turns this a territorial war into a wider confrontation and might make negotiation negoti- negotiating a settlement at the end of the war in Ukraine far more difficult or even impossible at present. Um, and so, you know, and then it says here, a Biden official says the president is not seeking regime change. But if you if you basically say that Putin is a total villain and we can't. Um, and we can't deal with this man. If you say that, then how can you sit down and, and have any kind of uh, armistice or peace deal um, with a guy like that? Anticommy for $2 says, second weakness, cyber pipeline shutdown 2.0. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, the U.S. infrastructure's re- reliance on uh, computerization uh, is is very important. Also, uh, if we could, we could see... Uh, uh, operational technological kind of uh, attacks across American industry, heavy industry, uh, specifically defense-related industry, um, and then if they if they kind of work with China on some of this stuff, and China would be able to be very deniable, 
um, then that would potentially uh, expand their ability to uh, be part of these attacks um, and to and to have much deeper effects. What if we pulled a page from the Warlock and we had uh, some Hezbollah slash IRGC people operating through Venezuela that actually... Well, um, it, it, I think you froze, Trevor. Yeah, he, he froze. He froze. Um, but the, what I would say about that is, you know, my books are fiction, and, and they're they're very fictional. If you think, um, uh, you know, an administration permitting, I guess, some of the things that I go forward with, regardless. I mean, that's the whole idea of the warlock. The warlock says, you know, fuck you. I don't care what the U.S. foreign policy is. We're going to do this. Um, but you know, with what you're saying, some kind of um, asymmetric or whatever down in Venezuela, et cetera. Uh, you, you know, the, the very, very short answer is that this administration, the past, probably no administration really has the uh, has the uh, the will to do that sort of thing. Um, could it be done? Could it be done effectively? Maybe, um, but. Uh, Mm, not under certainly not under not under the current leadership well as you guys know i can i consistently rail on the fact that i think the u.s you know foreign interests are directly tied to a couple different things you know the middle east the the uh, persian gulf and the western hemisphere and you know kind of going at us we have neglected the west western hemisphere greatly i mean this is obvious it not just in places like Mexico, but also in Venezuela. And I think that there has been a, a consistent Russian partnership with Venezuela uh, in recent years. And I think um, I think especially if, if Russia perceives the U.S. to be at the head of a Western-backed broadening campaign against Russia... Um, for at least a, a cold conflict with Russia, but potentially a, a proxy war uh, in Ukraine with Russia, like a direct proxy war, it would absolutely be within their interest to revitalize their partnerships in both Cuba, but also Venezuela. Um, and, and I wouldn't go, I mean, and it could even go as far as like, Hey, you, you know, here are some manufacturing, uh, technologies that you guys can use to become more, uh, self-sufficient against Western imperialism, right? Um, the imperial, the imperial power on your doorstep, well, you know, go ahead. The other big thing with South America and, and Western hemisphere and everything else that we so obviously Russia's meddled a lot in South America during the Cold War. But one of the biggest changes that wasn't in existence during the Cold War is China. And China's been buying up pieces and countries. I mean, they basically control the Panama Canal now. They are actively uh, working on turning countries in the Caribbean into client states, people in Central America. So if you have China and Russia starting to work together down there, that's, I mean, that takes a bad issue that we already have basically ignored and make it a whole lot more dangerous. Um, you know, part of the unfortunate thing is we have spent so much, you know, blood and treasure 
um, it, you know, in, in the pursuit of nation building. And particularly in places like Iraq or Afghanistan, where, the, where that particular population, I don't think, is susceptible to, you know, uh, our charms. You know, it's just, you know, if we had done something like that somewhere else, maybe we would have been more effective. But and the, the point being, we've wasted a ton of money uh, and, and probably even worse, we have wasted 20 years or more pursuing these things. Um, and have been distracted in the process. Uh, so China has been able to take advantage and, you know, do what they're doing, as you said, Trevor, in Venezuela and Brazil and here, there, and everywhere. Um, and in the process, over the 20-some-odd years, we've incurred $30 trillion of debt that's not going to go away. And we're just not in a position um, to, to, to pursue any of these things, whether they're really in our best interest or not, you know, without nation building. I'm, I'll stress that about another thousand fucking times. You know, we go in to achieve something, but it, it's, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, regime change. It's not nation building. We're doing something that is in uh, in our interest, and then we, we punch out and move on to the next thing. But but, but that's not how we've done business. Um, and I, I, I really think... Uh, you know, our, our, our government folks, and that's across I any... Was that, Scott, was that you talking uh, yesterday about the fact that, like, we're the worst imperial power? Yeah, yeah. Stan. Stan, probably. Stan, was, Stan brought yeah. that up, but yeah, we were talking we, we, about we, that. we don't empire well, and, I, and I'm not suggesting we do. I, I don't want that. I'm just saying uh, either to hit some of these other threats or at least, uh, you know, do something effective. We've been distracted. Uh, we spent a ton of money in the process. We're in debt. Uh, and we're just not in a really good position to, to do any of these things. And, and, and now we're going to throw a shit ton into Ukraine. Um, and I, you know, just the way we do things, we really can do one thing at a time. You know what I mean? That that's it. it uh, if you, if you watch it, we, we get, uh, saturated um too easily we throw money at stuff that probably we spend way too much money in the process we don't do it on the cheap so uh so just kind of just kind of moving on with this article and i think this will probably be my last little segment that i read from it but i think it's kind of it kind of hits the 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 point of you know um, so Biden has not said what the U.S. response might be if Russia, if Putin does deploy tactical or strategic nuclear weapons. However, neither side has set any clear rules on the post-Cold War environment for the deployment of nuclear weapons, especially as the Cold War era arms agreements such as the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty uh, have been shelved and nuclear weapon delivery systems uh, have become faster and more governed by automatic digital systems. Under a Kremlin policy known as escalate to de-escalate, threatening to go nuclear if the West tries to stop him, Putin has year by year reintroduced nuclear weapons into the conventional war calculations. During his two decades in power, he has authorized the construction 
of nuclear-powered cruise missiles, trans-oceanic nuclear-armed torpedoes, hypersonic glide vehicles, and more low-yield nuclear weapons uh, on the European continent. So clearly the threat is there. um, And the policy on the part of Russia um, seems to be very much kind of this whole idea of uh, escalate to de-escalate. So... Hey, uh, you know, real this... quick, Scott, Stan's here. Can we let him back in? Yeah, yeah, let's let's get him in here. Stan. Sorry, guys. That's okay. You didn't miss long. much. It's just, did I was you, just... Did Joe give up? Yeah, it looks like Joe's uh, internet gave up the ghost, and, you know, he, he tried to come back in a couple of times, but we couldn't hear him, so... No, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. Uh, you know, sorry I'm... I'm only I'm only partially joking when I say that Joe is the heart of the council, uh, and so it's never uh, it's never as good as when he's here. So, um, so just to kind of summarize what we were talking about, Stan, you know, uh, we we covered this article from Foreign Policy that basically said that uh, the new Biden policy on Russia is is you know to continue to weaken Russia in Ukraine and and to have no, you know, essentially no no peace uh, with Russia. They want to continue to, you know, see Russia worn down at the expense, I would say, of Ukrainian lives. But I think as long as, um, as I think as long as uh, Ukraine has um, the stated goal of gaining back their lost terrain, I think they're willing to to put their people into the into the grinder. Um, so. So to kind of uh, neck down, we were talking about some of the strategic implications of that. So the idea that uh, if if this is perceived by Russia to be a proxy conflict with the West uh, writ large, um, that potentially, you know, they don't have the uh, the military, uh, the conventional military power to invade a Western country. But they do have nuclear weapons and they have considerable and I will say untapped uh asymmetric effects that they could bring against us, such as cyber uh, and some of these other things. So um, to that end, so kind of, you know, we kind of looked at the 30,000 feet version. So let's narrow it down. Um, So this is an article by The War Zone. Um, uh, Awesome uh, reporting as normal from those guys. Uh, Very, uh, very well in tune with what's going on. Uh, in the defense scene. So uh, let's see what they have to say. Um, So the Ukraine situation report, the U.S. training Ukrainians in Germany. That's that's vaguely uh, uh, ominous. Um, So let's see what what they what they're saying here. So Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby confirmed U.S. troops are training uh, Ukrainians, uh, but at a new undisclosed location in Germany. Um, the joint multinational training group Ukraine uh, previously operated out of uh, the combat the Yavoriv Combat Training Center that we saw get blown up earlier in the war uh, in western Ukraine with members of the Florida National Guard uh, Task Force Gator. Uh, part of the Seventh Army Training Command uh, is now training Ukrainian troops. Uh, on many of the shoulder fire weapons, such as the javelin, the stinger, and others have been seen uh, and, that, and others that have seen widespread use with against your Russian forces. This training mission continued uh, until its evacuation. 
Um, Russian cruise missile struck that training center, as, as, as you guys well know. And so they have moved their training efforts back into uh, Germany. Um, it says here, it's not clear where in Germany the training is underway, uh, but the U.S. base in Bavaria, long used for NATO training, comes to mind, Grafenvier. Um, yeah, Graf is a huge training facility, and it would be very easy to uh, conduct that training out of the uh, public view uh, uh, on that training site. Um, is that, isn't Grafenview, wasn't that in Harry Potter? Isn't that one of those houses in Harry Potter? It's, yeah. No. view. No. I got I got that wrong. I, I'm not a big enough Harry Potter nerd to know about that stuff. Uh, so clearly, Stan, you 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 got a, a leg up on me. Well, I've got a young one, so. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, let's see. Does somebody in the chat know? You're talking about Gryffindor? Yeah, Gryffindor. Yeah. There we go. Look at you. I knew, I knew somebody was a bigger nerd than me. <laughs> Joe, I was waiting for someone else to speak eye. up. I was just going to say, we're all playing nerd chicken right now. Yeah. <laughs> so who, who does that make Dumbledore on the NATO side? I mean, you that's know, right. That's well, I think that's a, I think, I think Dumbledore is, uh, is, is Biden, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, so, uh, so anyway, um, oh, wait, 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 stop. Fucking Dumbledore's the man. He is respected. <laughs> You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you're I mean, right. He you're is right. a bad dude. You're right. You're right. So, no. So who does who, you don't have one? The janitor, maybe. I forgot his name. Little janitor guy that runs around. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably Filch. right. Yeah. Anyhow, we're 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 way off the target. I'm sorry about that. So so is the question is when are the Russians going to do something about this? Is that what we're we're working towards or? Well, I mean, so, you know, this is clearly it goes when we when we've taken Ukrainian troops to our bases to train them on our equipment that we're getting ready to then ship from, you know, places in Europe to Ukraine. At what point does this stop being just uh, us assisting uh, a non-aligned country that's under threat versus us basically fomenting a proxy war? Um, I, I think especially once you start seeing those triple sevens in the field, once you start seeing the M113s getting blown up by Russian RPGs and tanks and whatnot, um, I think that's when it gets a lot harder to, to not sell this as a, uh, as, you know, as a broader, uh, proxy war. I, I don't, there's no been, there's not been any illusion about that for a while. I, I read earlier yeah. that, um. John Cornyn, Republican senator from Texas, is the guy who introduced the the Lend-Lease bill in the Senate in December of 2021. Well, but you, you you know the irony is is that it actually makes sense in December 2021. It doesn't make sense now. Well, I'll take your point on that, but the, I I guess my I guess my broader point is is that there's an agenda underway with this conflict. Yeah, uh, it it could end tomorrow. It would end as a frozen conflict, but it could end tomorrow in the context of of lives on either side being lost, and and for this and at this point for for what for what purpose? We're we're at a sort of a stalemated conflict that nobody wants. Well, most people don't want to see escalated. So, what's the point other than? midterm re-election strategy what's the 
What's the point of this at this juncture? Yeah, I mean, so uh, you, you're talking about well, the continuing rearming of... Uh... Yeah, the, I, I, what I'm talking about is the $33.4 billion that passed near you, unanimously. Well, I think uh, there's a, a little bit of this is, uh, is you know... I mean, 33 separate than the Lend-Lease. Well, that say that again? That, that doesn't make it better. Uh, you no. know... The thirty-three billion is separate from the lend-lease thing. So the lend-lease thing is what got passed, and then he's acting. Then he's asking for the thirty-three billion. But that, as you guys pointed, like it only is for like the next four months or something to run through that. It goes to right. the end it, of the year. The end part is is that the Politico article about the lend-lease thing brought up the fact that it has not been used since World War II. Like, 